the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights. Yeah. A different city every night. Oh, I, I swear. The world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me. On Twitter, at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. It's a live show. You can call into the beautiful studio here in Elkhart Village, 312-642-5600. And be sure to check out our sponsors, Tandem HR, their beautiful website, with lots of information is available at tandemhr.com, or you can, you can give them a call, 630-928-0510. So I have a jam-packed studio of some fantastic people, and you'll want to get to know each and every single one of them. I'm thrilled to be joined by my first guests, um, Aviv and Dan, uh, the founder and head of business development for Dormigo. Um, welcome to the program, guys. Thank you, Shalom. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So Dormigo, um, you, guys are, uh, you guys are travel experts, and you are committed to helping uh, ensure that uh, a positive experience for uh, for those uh, that are that are looking for sort of that short term hospitality uh, top notch experience. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that idea um, got started. Sure. So uh, I'm uh, I'm Dan. I'm uh, as you mentioned uh, the founder, and um, the experience starts about um, three years ago, where uh, I have a family owned hotel in in Germany, and I was. Uh, in, during my MBA studies here in, the, in Chicago, I traveled to Germany to that family-owned hotel just to uh, um, basically learn the business and help develop it. Uh, and part of that experience, I realized uh, with my own technology background, I'm an electrical engineer by trade, by profession, and I realized that there's so many opportunity to improve the technology in uh, and this this entire industry is is very much operating in uh, in outdated technology uh, for things like pricing, for things like um, managing the guest experience, and and not I'm you know. Electrical engineering is all about optimization. Sure. Uh, so I saw a lot of value, uh, a lot of uh, opportunity to to improve. And uh, being when I came back to my uh, MBA in, uh, here in the U.S., in my second year of studies, I kept thinking about how I can uh, make that experience better. And as part of that, uh, this is how Dormigo was born. Amazing. And Aviva, I know, um, I know you and I, uh, I've seen you in action, and I know that you are super involved in the Chicago entrepreneurial business scene. And as head of business development, you have uh, fallen in love with Chicago. I, I don't think that's an understatement and uh, have gotten out there and, and developed relationships. So tell us, what, what makes the Dormigo experience um, different from both ends, both from the, call it the provider end as well as from the uh, consumer end? Yes, of course. So 
we generally tend to kind of, to your point, both to the um, owners of the building that we're staying at. So Dormigo mainly facilitates or mainly approaches building owners, um, residential buildings mostly um, here in Chicago, Nashville and Austin, but basically worldwide who don't have um, full capacity or full occupancy of their building. And what we do is we take those, some of those units to remove some of the excess capacity and transform them into these short-term rentals, kind of hotel-style, um, very big suites, so that we can accommodate the guests. And for the guests, that's exactly that. They're getting maybe the same pricing or even a lower pricing, but they're getting uh, an apartment in the best areas of each and every city instead of going to a hotel, getting a tiny room, um, being you know in a very crowded space. They're getting a little bit more intimacy, a much better guest experience. You know, we're available 20, almost 24 seven. Um, and we're just there to make their experience better. Sure. Giving them advice and helping them out. And in terms of your inventory and in terms of the availability of what's out there, if I'm a guest, I'm, I'm from another city and looking to come into Chicago, or I know you mentioned Austin, where you've already demonstrated uh, your capabilities. Uh, Chicago, uh, certainly a growing market. And we're going to talk about what that growth means um, in just a moment. But if I'm a guest and, and looking to book something in Chicago, what does that? What does the inventory of it or availability look like? Um, how are you better than I don't want to name your competitors, but perhaps some uh, a company that's that rhymes with Air C and C? How are things any different? So I would say it's not different. Um, Air C and C is a marketing <laughs> company. They don't actually have the real estate. We're the flip side of that. We have the real estate and we publish it on AirCNC and <laughs> other of their competitors on basically any travel, um, I would say booking site that anybody, any one of us knows and goes to, our real estate is going to be there. So to you, you can book us wherever you want, whether it's our website or all of these affiliate websites. Um, but the apartment is still going to be the same apartment if you book it with us. Oh, fascinating. And I, I know you've prided yourself on the customer service as well. And I know that that's one of the areas of growth. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what customer service is like and sort of what are the core values of the company. And, and I, I am curious what, um, what the coming years will look like. Uh, sure, I can take that. Uh, so... Uh, for us, the, the, the difference is that uh, you have a lot of, this is a booming new economy, what we call the short-term rentals, uh, and the, the the main problem with going into uh, and staying with a host that is just has their own place and they don't have a lot of, uh, maybe a lot of experience, or uh, we can provide the consistency of, of a brand or a company. Uh, when you come and stay with us, you know what you're getting. Uh, you know that there's a whole company behind uh, behind. That, that stay making sure that you have the best experience possible. Uh, that's, I would say, is one big advantage. And the second advantage is that uh, as compared to uh, what we call a one-off uh, host is that we can provide things that you would need the economies of scale to be able to provide. Like uh, we can do things that uh, won't make sense for us to develop and to maintain for one apartment, but when we have dozens of them, uh, it makes much more sense. Very, very interesting. So um, I, I know on we've talked a lot about the uh, – I think it's very cool to talk about what the booking experience is like, and we've, we've spent certainly a lot of time on that. But on your website, uh, of course, we'll share that um, in a little while, um, you, you have a button called Host With Us. And uh, let's talk from that side of things. I know, Aviv, you, you've already touched on um, – the what your work in in developing relationships with primarily on the residential side folks that that their occupancy um, is, is not 
completely full. Um, so uh, tell us why they would contact you and what that looks like and why it benefits them. Yes, of course. Um, so I would say they should contact us if they don't know what to do with their um, uh-huh. with their real estate. So most of the buildings, you know, whether it's you know you're a private owner and you own a small building in Chicago that's you know three four units, or whether it's the you know um, huge sky rises, you know three hundred four and five hundred units. There's still some matter of dealing with the real estate. You need to find your tenants. You need to make sure they're happy, maintenance, cleaning, stuff like that. Whereas if you don't want to do that and you're okay with having short-term rentals as a part of your portfolio, you should contact us because we're going to take all of that off of your hands. And the Chicago um, real estate market uh, is, uh, is responding well to, uh, to, to the Amigo uh, opportunity? So I would say very much. Chicago is right now our smallest market, actually. Nashville is our, is our first market and Austin is our second. Um, but yes, if you look on the real estate market, especially downtown, River North, Streeterville, The Loop, etc., there's extremely, extremely uh, huge amounts of developers building new buildings all the time. And those buildings don't have full capacity. They and they don't need to reach out to their amigo. Exactly. Um, for sure. So what does the growth look like? I know you're in the process of hiring some people. Let's, uh, let's spend a moment on that. Sure. Um, we are actually looking uh, very hard for uh, people mainly in the operation side in actually all three cities, but also Chicago. Chicago is uh, probably uh, the place where we are currently looking for the most people, uh, both in operations, in uh, um, what we call a listing development, which is uh, maintaining our listings online across the different platforms where we advertise uh, and all the way through, you know, uh, algorithms and, and you know, the tech side. We are, we are hiring a lot and uh, I really welcome everyone who is interested either in the market or in the idea or just to learn more about us to go to our website and, uh, and look it up. And all the job opportunities are available over there. So um, we are indeed um, starting to run out of time and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find that information, how they can host with Dormigo, how they can uh, perhaps even find availability for their next vacation, for their next um, work stay in a city like Chicago, Nashville, Austin, um, but also those job opportunities. And indeed, listeners, there are job opportunities that are out there here in Chicago. How can people learn more? Yeah, so they can go on to dormigo.com and hopefully... Let's spell that for them. (laughs) D is in David, O-R-M is in mother, I-G-O.com. And over there, you'll have all the sections, the host with us, the job section, the book with us, where they can come over and, and take a look on all of our different listings. Um, all of these update on a daily basis, um, so anything is changing all the time. Um, and we welcome both you know, building owners, uh, property management companies, as well as employees or future prospects, I would say. Um, as Dan was saying, we always look to hire amazing people, and we're always on the lookout. Fantastic. Well, Dan and Aviv from Dormigo, a uh, fantastic growing company here in Chicago, hiring here in Chicago and growing in the real estate market. Appreciate you coming on to share your story with us. We'll be sure to have you back on. Uh, coming up after the break, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be joined by uh, Allison Scrutchens, who will be uh, talking to me another entrepreneurial story. We will be right back on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Welcome back to the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. What a fantastic conversation with the folks from Dormigo. And as promised, I'm thrilled to be joined by another fantastic entrepreneur, a millennial female entrepreneur. I'm thrilled to be joined 
by Allison Scratchens. Um, Allison, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, hello. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. So you have been an entrepreneur now for uh, for five plus years. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, what you do, and we'll talk about your story in just a moment. Thank you for that reminder. Um, actually, it's five years this March, so I'm so excited to be celebrating a little bit about my story. I started my business five years ago, a consultant and management company, with the goal of helping other entrepreneurs, small businesses, nonprofits in the areas of event planning, strategic development, branding, marketing. And I'm blessed to say that my business has been doing great. I actually grow six figures last year, and I'm getting ready to launch a new product to further my entrepreneurial journey. That's incredible. Uh, Allison, congratulations on all of that. And if that's what has been accomplished in now, I guess, slightly less than five years, I could only imagine what is coming, uh, what is coming uh, up on the horizon. But um, for every successful entrepreneur, there's always an interesting story. And I have to assume <laughs> that, um, that your, your journey did not start just over the past five years. What happened prior to that and what led you on this, uh, on this journey? So basically, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is 14 years old. I wrote down three different businesses that I wanted to have. And um, the funny part is I have none of them just yet. (laughs) But I'm working on those three originals. But I came out. I had an undergrad in social work and a master's in public administration. And I was working for a chamber of commerce. And I was just unhappy in my position. I would walk into work and it would bring my spirit down. And I was looking for answers like the answer, AM560. I was looking for answers and I found it in helping other people, which has always been my true passion, my true goal. And then I just found ways to make money helping people and the rest is history. And I see from the smile on your face, you clearly love what you do. Um, And that is probably why you wrote your your first book, Mm -hmm. How to Be an Entrepreneur 101. Yes. Um, so most people, when they have a secret, they don't want to write it down and share it with everybody. Why did you uh, sort of break from that rule? Well, I am a firm believer that there is enough of the American pie for us all to eat. So why not share what people think is secrets or our jewels to becoming successful? I believe that it's okay for us all to be successful. So I wanted to share my success with others. And the book, it just turned out I was originally teaching a class and I had so many students who were successful from the things that I taught in this class and this curriculum that I created. So I made it a book. And not only is it an empowerment guide in the first half, but the second half is an actual workbook where I put you to work. I teach you how to create that mission, that vision. Who's your target population? And just give you everything that you need to actually start your business. Uh, that's that's fantastic. So in the book, uh, of course, we're going to make sure that we uh, we share the link and how people can purchase the book um, with our listeners. I don't want to share all of the secrets, but can you share Perhaps the most important thing, we're having this conversation on a Sunday. It means that there's time. Uh, tomorrow's obviously the holiday, uh, MLK Day, and hopefully uh, our listeners are getting out there and, and finding the right commemorations tomorrow. But when you get into the office on Tuesday, I want to make sure that people have a successful week. Right. Um, how can people get their week started properly by using your guide and your information? So I'm so happy you asked that because it goes into this product that I'm about to create, which is the Ford Planner. So the planner actually teaches you how to best create time optimization that works for you and your schedule. We all have a million things that we need to do, but we always need to be focused on what is the main thing that we need to get done in this day. So each and every day we break out work tasks, personal tasks, your schedule for the day, and it just actually teaches you how to be successful in time management, which is so important because I don't think we 
you realize you only get one today. So you have to be productive in it. You have to be successful in it. And that's what I am doing with this planner, teaching other people how to better manage their time and be successful in their life. So that's the book. And we're going to, of course, share uh, share links to that. But what you do uh, professionally is you are uh, you are a consultant. You are a management consultant <laughs> where you help uh, businesses uh, take their ideas and move it forward and, and make sure, obviously, right now it's appropriate we're having this conversation in January. That means that there's a long time to make 2019 yes. a success. What, um, what are some of, the, uh, some of the, uh, the services that you provide? So majority of my services, again, like I said, are for small businesses, nonprofits. I work with a lot of politicians as well. Mm. But the services that we work on is strategic development. You know, what is it is that what is it that you're trying to accomplish right now and how can I help you accomplish it? Allison, I have to interrupt you um, for a second because uh, you're not working with enough politicians. If more politicians (laughs) were working with you, our government would be open and things would be in better shape. Am I sweating? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> yes, you know, so so the beauty in what I do is I am very a big proponent on helping underserved communities. I am from the south side of Chicago, the Roseland community, which people say is one of the worst communities in Chicago. And my biggest goal is to be able to empower others by teaching them that the power is within themselves. So I work with the good politicians, sure. I like to say, <laughs> the ones who are actually in the communities doing the work in excuse me, doing the things that we elected them to do. So I work with them in the areas. I've been a campaign manager for uh, Alderman before. I currently do fundraising for State Representative Marcus C. Evans Jr. So that is what I'm able to do. I like to say I'm your one-stop shop for all of your planning needs. You tell me where you are and I get you where you need to be. And all of this before the age of 30. Yes, I turned 30 this year. Oh, wow. (laughs) Amazing, amazing. Well, uh, good things in store for sure. Um, So what is next for you? I know that um, you seem to take on challenges. um, You've certainly uh, conquered the political challenge. You've (laughs) conquered the business challenge. Mm -hmm. You've um, you've written a book. What's, uh, What's your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is to work smarter and not harder. I say that again, smarter and not harder. Because as entrepreneurs, we automatically feel as though, oh, I have to be team no sleep, 17-hour days, you know, buttoned up doing this, doing that. And that's not true. There are so many ways where we can work smarter and not harder. Uber is the top company right now, and they own not one car. You know, so keep that in mind when you're thinking about your work ethic. So I am getting ready to release these planners. These planners, I have one specific for every day, daily, weekly planner. Then I have one specific for entrepreneurs, one specific for event planners, and one specific for students. And my goal is to get those planners into Staples, Office Max, Target, have them being sold online in stores, and just teach people how to optimize their time. You know, I'm under 30, six-figure business, very successful. And just like I optimized my time, you can do the same and be successful and live your life with a purpose. And I asked the question of our earlier guests um, from Dormigo. I talked about the Chicago real estate market. I'm curious about the Chicago entrepreneur entrepreneurial market. Um, what I, I know that what we all share in this room, and we have a, a large packed studio of, of guests, we all love our city, we love, we love our communities. You are an entrepreneur, and you've decided to, to not run away from a community that some say is the worst neighborhood. I, I, I know from the look on your face, yeah. you, you don't feel it, you don't think it's a worse neighborhood. You, you see an opportunity to improve. What do you say about the Chicago business community in general? The Chicago business community right now is amazing. 
I mean, there's so many people that are out here becoming entrepreneurs and walking in their journeys, and I support them 100%. I do think that sometimes we overlap with services and the things that we are doing and um, the products and the services we're providing, but that's something that I teach in my classes to find your niche. Find what it is that you bring to the table that nobody else brings to the table. And I think that if all of us as entrepreneurs, we can find our lane and find what it is that we're great at specifically, then we can all be successful in our own right. Words of wisdom from uh, a uh, from an entrepreneur that has built a six-figure business and uh, has a new book. It's called... Uh, it, it is called... I actually am releasing planners. Oh, fantastic. Um, so they're called the Ford Planners. The Ford Planners. Don't the, put too much pressure. The The next book isn't coming to next year. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I'm looking forward to that. But How to Be an Entrepreneur 101, it's a fantastic book, yes. and it will help you be successful. So, uh, Allison, how can people get a hold of you and learn more? I am on social media, all platforms, at It's Allison Renee. That's I-T-S-A-L-L-Y-S-O-N. R-E-N-E-E. And you can also find more information on me on my website. Same information. It's AllisonRenee.com. It's AllisonRenee.com. Well, congratulations on all of your success. Thank Looking you so forward much. to following your continued progress. And be sure to check back in with us. I uh, would love to hear your stories and uh, your next book. Yes, thank you so much for having me, and I wish you guys nothing but the best on this amazing show. Absolutely. Well, coming up after the break, we'll continue the conversation about entrepreneurship. We've got to take uh, squeeze in a little break with some headlines, commercials, and we've got uh, more guests here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're powered by our friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Check them out online, tandemhr.com. Give them a call, 630-928-0510. And as always, you can download podcasts from this show five-plus years with hundreds and hundreds of guests. Um, share it with a friend. Uh, we're available all over on social media. We're streaming this live on Facebook. Check me out sh- at Shalom Klein. We'll be back in just a moment on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by my next guest, a sought-after author and speaker who teaches, entertains, and inspires audiences worldwide. Rob Jollis uh, joins me here on the program. Welcome to Get Down to Business. Well, pleasure to be on. Thank you. Absolutely. So you have uh, assembled quite an impressive client list. You've spoken at dozens of universities, companies such as Toyota, Disney, GE, and you've written um, your newest of six books called Why People Don't Believe You, Building Credibility from the Inside Out. Rob, that's quite an accomplishment. Let's talk about credibility and um, and why there's this statistic that 48% of business recruits lack this vital skill set. Well, it might be because when we start talking about finding a process or adding to our percentages of credibility, we need it's not necessarily something we just pull out of the air. It would be nice if we were taught that. Well, if we're taught that, we back it up, and it's usually what we call soft skills, which has got a horrible PR problem. So we don't really teach the soft skills. And so we're kind of left to our own unconscious competencies, and there's just no process in place to teach this. But I'm, I'm, I'm leading a fight that says let's get rid, rid of the word soft skills and replace it with performance skills. And, and believe me, we all need to invest in them. 
Oh, wow. So it truly is a crisis in the workforce. And uh, today's corporations and academic institutions, uh, they're sounding the alarm um, that new employees and, um, and job seekers uh, overwhelmingly lack vital workplace proficiencies. So uh, tell us a little bit about the research that, uh, that you uh, compiled in, in preparation for this book. And more importantly, where you see uh, possibilities for improvement. Okay. Uh, one, where we, I, I had a Petri dish I worked in for six <laughs> years of anywhere between 200 to 300 people who were in career transition. These are people who've really often taken it on their chin. They, they've, they've lost their tune, so to speak. It's actually what I wanted to call the, the, the book was, it's not the words, it's the tune. And so when you're beat up a little bit and you don't have to be somebody in job transition, you could be a salesperson or an entrepreneur that's just lost their third contract in two weeks and your tune goes down a bit. Well, I worked with these people for six years and began to realize that resumes, LinkedIn sites, everything, words, words, words are great, but we have to help work with the tune. And that's where this book begins. Uh, fascinating. So uh, we know that perception often becomes reality. And so I know in the book you talk about how pay, how pitch, pace, and tone can make or break how people perceive us. Um, tell us a little bit about some of your tips for those of us that uh, for those listeners out there that might be trying to make an improvement in how they are perceived. Great. Okay. So, you know, I, I go through small exercises of where you can stretch your pitch and actually mark up almost like a music sheet where you're going to pause and just sort of practice that. But I got to tell you, the secret sauce to me is I don't have time to write all that out in an in instant while I'm having a conversation. I really think if we think more like method actors, in other words, we, we actually embrace the fact that um, we do play a character sometimes when we're empathetic. We do play a character when we're when we're you know trying to get the client to uh, feel true empathy back to the client so why can't we actually find characters like that and actually begin to as an actor develop a character now the pitch the pace the pause they take care of themselves because we're in the moment we're authentic interesting and and once you improve um on the credibility how do you sustain that credibility for the long haul yeah. <laughs> that's the hard part. And actually, um, the, the good news is that's more political in terms of getting a little bit of political intelligence. Uh, and I mean, in, in, within businesses, within corporations, as entrepreneurs. Um, and so it's not enough just to, be, to learn how to be credible. We have to stay credible. And that means just learning processes for things like knowing when to be wrong when you know you're right and, and what really fitting in with the team means and, and how to uh, you know talk to your manager. And so I don't want people to just kind of get through that gauntlet and get hired because they can make people believe them. I, want them. I want them to sustain it. And so that's the back third of the book. Oh, fascinating. Well, I don't want to share all of the secrets. Um, they are in the book, uh, Why People Don't Believe You, Building Credibility from the Inside Out. But that is uh, only one that's the most recent of your six books um so you've uh, you've written a lot and there's a lot of information out there um rob where can people uh find the book uh, purchase a copy and get in touch with you Great. Okay. Well, Amazon, online, things like that. But we just found out FedEx is actually going to be picking up the book, which is nice. So next time you're in making a copy, maybe you pick one up there. You can also just reach out to me at my website, which is 
J-O-L-L-E-S.com. And I've got something called a blarticle. comes out every two weeks. You can sign up for that if you like, and I'll tap you on the shoulder every two weeks with about <laughs> 500 words. Uh, with some great tips and information, no doubt. Um, so, Rob Jollis, thank you for sharing that advice um, with our listeners. I can't wait to, uh, to, to get through the book myself and hopefully share it and pay it forward with, uh, with folks out there uh, that want to learn how to, uh, how to improve their perception, improve their credibility. Thanks for sharing those tips. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. Pleasure talking to you. Thanks. Absolutely. Well, coming up after the break, we'll continue the conversation on entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about STEM. Um, I'm thrilled to be joined by a fascinating guest um, who will share uh, about uh, some innovative and, uh, and, and quite fascinating work uh, and exciting to have Stephanie on the, uh, on the air uh, with me here. As always, you get on my website, shalomkline.com uh, to download podcasts, get a sneak peek of who will be on next week on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're going to be back in just a moment. Chicago, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business. For this conversation for a while, I'm thrilled to be joined by Stephanie Hine, um, from Maker Girl. And Stephanie, you and I have uh, gotten to know each other over the past uh, while. And Maker Girl, um, your mission is to inspire girls to be active in STEM. But that is such an understatement um, for, for all of the statistics and everything that you guys have been accomplished. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, Stephanie, let's start um, with the basics of Maker Girl. Um, obviously, we are... Uh, uh, our our conversation is taking place here in Elk Grove Village. Um, I've had you uh, on uh, my program at uh, Northwestern Uni- University, and you have um, you have a presence at Northwestern. But I know after the show, you are heading down uh, to Champaign to U of I. Um, tell us sort of how Maker Girl got started and where you're located, and sort of that core mission of what you're doing. Sure. Um, so Maker Girl is a nonprofit organization, and we were founded back in 2015 um, by two business students at the University of Illinois. And really, their the inspiration and their motivation behind this organization is they saw a lack of women in C-suite roles, like CEO, CFO um, positions, but then also just a general lack of women in STEM. And so they were inspired um, by that issue and wanted to promote young girls getting involved in these fields and teaching them that there's so much more than just doing a math problem or doing a chemistry experiment, that it's creative and fun and you can use your imagination in these fields as well. Um, so from that, we do 3D printing sessions um, with 7- to 10-year-old girls where we take them through the design process. So they start by drawing out their design. They learn how to turn their design into a 3D computer design, and then we print that out for them, and they're able to take home their object with them. Um, we do that at the University of Illinois um, and Northwestern University. And this past fall, we piloted a session with the Society of Women Engineers at Harvard. So we're very excited that we're expanding. That's uh, fascinating. And I, I know I have some outdated st- statistics, but um, as of just a couple of months ago, you have already uh, had over 3,000 3D prints sent home with Maker Girls. And I've met um, some of those Maker Girls at Northwestern. And um, and the, the look on their face and their stories uh, of of how they have found their purpose um, is is truly uh, fantastic. So uh, again, going back to that mission, your goal is to inspire girls to be active in STEM. Let's talk about the root challenge of, of why uh, perhaps 
uh, young ladies might not might not be inspired and what that process of inspiration looks like. Sure. Um, so when we were doing research for um, our organization, we found that girls tend to lose interest and start saying no to STEM related opportunities around the age of 11. So we target seven to 10 year olds because we want to reach them before that age to build up their enthusiasm and their confidence in these areas to hopefully sustain them through middle school and high school and into college. Um, and personally for me, I remember when I was in seventh grade, I was interested in taking like an engineering course at my middle school. Um, and I ended up not taking it. And my mom tells me that it's because I said, mom, no, that's a class. Like only the boys take that class. Like I don't want to take it. So, um, I think it's just really important to show these young girls that there are women and there are girls just like them studying these fields and being successful in these fields. And we just need to keep increasing that pipeline. And so Maker Girl, you talked about your presence uh, at University of Illinois at Champaign, obviously at Northwestern. Um, what is next for Maker Girl? How, how will you continue to accomplish uh, that mission? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. Um, a couple of different ways. So we're focused on expanding to other universities in the U.S. Um, we're currently working on building a team um, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and then also at Milwaukee School of Engineering. Um, and we hope to continue to expand from there. And then we also do a road trip every summer where we take our program on the road. Um, it was inspired by trying to reach rural and underserved communities that are outside of where the universities are located. Um, so this summer we're doing an East Coast version of that road trip. We'll be traveling everywhere between Illinois and the East Coast. Um, so that's what's next for us. That's exciting. Um, and we're going to have to squeeze in a, a quick break in a moment, and we're going to talk more about the sort of the fundamentals of what STEM is. But um, among the statistics, and I, I keep sharing these statistics because I'm so proud of them, and I've been sharing them ever since uh, you and I first met, is uh, that 74% of Maker Girls would pursue a career in STEM. Uh, that's pretty impressive. So you've only been doing this for a couple of years, and already uh, girls have committed that this is what this is what they want their future to look like. What what about the the sort of the the right now when maker girls do they graduate from the program? How does that work? So currently, we're only working with elementary school girls, but in the future, we hope to build a pipeline of our program where they can do the elementary school curriculum, go into the middle school program high school, and then eventually graduate and want to start a Maker Girl Academy when they're in college and stay involved. That's very, very impressive. And um, again, I've, I've met some of these girls and you could see uh, how, how much they found some purpose and, and, and that they're actually interested in, uh, in, in the studies. This is very hands-on. Um, 3D printing uh, and, and, and all of this work requires uh, a lot of resources. So I want to say it now, and of course, we'll say it again in a couple of minutes, but how can people support the efforts of Maker Girl? We're always looking for new sponsors to sponsor our program, just with general costs associated with the program, but also specifically for our road trip um, this summer. And if you're interested in that, you can visit our website, www.makergirl.us, and all the information is on there. Uh, fantastic. What about somebody that wants to become a Maker Girl? 
Yeah, if you want to become a Maker Girl, uh, that information is also on our website. You can email info at makergirl.us to learn about the opportunities in your area. Uh, that's fantastic. Well, we're going to squeeze in a uh, quick break in just a moment. Um, of course, you could always get on my website, shalomkline.com, and I'm going to share the link um, to Maker Girl as well as some of those statistics that I keep mentioning um, here on the air. I'll, I'll share all of that information on my blog so you could check that out. And I'd encourage everybody listening to share this information uh, to get somebody else involved. In order to accomplish that mission, it involves uh, sharing that information and and making sure people are aware of the challenge that exists. I'm going to have Stephanie back on in just a quick moment. Got to squeeze in a very quick break. Uh, Stephanie from Maker Girl will be right back. And we are back. I've been chatting with Stephanie from Maker Girl, and we've talked a little bit about what what it means to become a Maker Girl. We've talked about uh, the work the impact on community, which is uh, truly fantastic, um, including uh, certainly the there's well-known data that's out there. It's hard to turn on the news these days without seeing those uh, those letters, S-T-E-M, STEM. So I feel like we may have just brushed over it in our, in our little bit of our first conversation over there. But Stephanie, what is STEM and why is it so important? So STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. Um, they've also added an A recently. It's now STEAM, and oh. the A stands for art, which works really well with our program because we encourage um, the girls to be creative and use their imagination. Um, so it's STEAM now, and it's very important because it's really used in like any career you can think of. There's something STEM associated with that, um, whether you're here at the radio station and you need to learn how to use the technology um, whether you're working in a lab or even in sales, if you're selling like healthcare products, you need to have a little bit of that science background. So it's just really important. Um, and currently the U.S. STEM workforce, there's only about uh, 25% women. So our goal is to increase that number. Oh, sure. So uh, clearly very, very important. And uh, while uh, the economy continues to change, and I feel like that's been a theme of this uh, of the show as I keep turning to each of our guests and talking about what um, what the Chicago market is like, I'm going to do the same for you. And um, and as we've talked about sort of the business climate here in Chicago, and we've talked about the uh, the real estate climate here. Why do you feel STEM is important or do you feel that STEM is important uh, here in the Chicago market? Yeah, for sure. Um, we work mainly with schools um, and Girl Scouts in the Chicago area, and we find that they're especially interested in any new opportunities that they can have their students involved in that's related to STEM. Just because it's such in demand right now, schools ne- don't necessarily have the proper resources to provide that. So after school programs like ours are able to come in and provide that experience for their students. Wow. So um, we've talked about what it means to become a Maker Girl, but what about starting a Maker Girl Academy? What's involved in that? Yeah, so Maker Girl Academy, those are based at universities. So we're always looking for students who are interested in running our program. And they don't necessarily have to be STEM-related majors. We have business majors, um, design majors, um, everyone involved. It can be women and men. We're really encouraging the men on our campuses to get involved as well. Um, And just we would help you and we would train you and teach you what we're about and help you run a program. And then you would take it from there. Oh, that's exciting. So um, lots of impact, and clearly you're taking things on the road, which uh, means that there will be an even greater impact. You've gotten a lot of coverage lately, and um, I know that I just saw an article that was, I think, out there on Forbes um, with uh, the co-founders of Maker Girl, uh, which is very, very impressive. So let's go back to the numbers. How many people have come through Maker Girl sessions? How many sessions have, been, have, have there been? 
We have done about 120 Maker Girl sessions in 18 different states across the U.S. and have reached uh, about 3,500 girls. And our goal is to have educated 10,000 girls by the year 2023. Amazing. And in order for that to happen, I know we talked about it earlier, uh, it requires some uh, community involvement. And that means stepping up, um, spreading the word, uh, but also donating as well. So let's talk about the sponsorship opportunities. There's obviously donating money. Are there other ways that people can volunteer or donate materials or donate anything else? Yeah, materials, that's a big part of our program. So we're always looking for new laptops, um, even just promotional items to go in our goodie bags to send home with our girls. Um, and then 3D printers, anything like that, um, we're always on the lookout for people who are willing to donate. Okay. Well, uh, believe it or not, we are running out of time, and I want to make sure that our listeners know where they can find out more, read some of the coverage, learn more about Maker Girl, but also importantly, step up, donate, and get involved. Um, where can people uh, find you and get in touch? Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and that's Maker Girl, all one word. And then our website is www.makergirl.us. Makergirl.us. I encourage everybody to get involved. I also encourage um, all of our listeners to check out our sponsors, Tandem HR. Uh, give them a call, 630-928-0510. Visit their website, tandemhr.com. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me here in studio. Thank you to all of our guests and all of our listeners. We'll be back next Sunday right here on AM560, The Answer to Success. Let's get down to business. Be sure to check out my website, shalomkline.com. We'll talk to you next week with a brand new lineup of guests. You don't want to miss it. Chicago, thanks for tuning in. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.